0: So back on Fucked Up podcast today we have Tom Kitchen, Michelin chef, TV personality, author, director of the Kitchen Group, restaurant tour, and hotel owner. Tom Kitchen, welcome.
1: Good morning. How are you?
0: I'm good, thank you. Um, really, thank you for um, accepting to come and do this for me because. My
1: pleasure.
0: For me. You've you've been quite a, an idol of many people in the hospitality industry, especially being Scottish as well. You know, for me, it's been quite an inspiration to watch you your journey, um, and that's kind of what we want to talk about today. It's about the journey of Tom Kitchen to Tom Kitchen now. You know, it's 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 been a massive a massive uh, inspirational journey for for many people. So. How how did you how did you get into hospitality? What was your your desire your driving force that got you got you going?
1: Oh yeah, I mean yeah, the journey. Wow, it's been some journey, I tell you. But um, yeah, well, really, it all started, Callum. It all started was a a wee frustrated boy who wanted to earn some pocket money when he was about thirteen, fourteen years old. And I managed to get a job washing the dishes in the local pub where near my parents' house, which was called the Loman Country Inn, which is uh, on Loch Leven, near Kenneswood. And I started washing the dishes, and I did it with uh, energy and motivation. And that led on to me becoming, uh, you know, starting to pick up the mantle of uh, of going into hospitality.
0: And. And was that supported by the family uh, or did they did, they, did they just see that as that was just a part-time job to get you going or have they been behind you all the way?
1: No, absolutely. First of all, it was about a part-time job. It was about a part-time job, earning pocket money, doing that kind of thing. But I think it quickly transpired that I, I absolutely loved what I was doing because I went from washing the dishes to helping on the starters, helping on the desserts, then working on the hot side. It was a good pub. The, there was some good cooks in there. The Everything was fresh. And then I started working like summer holidays. And then the owner of the hotel, he must have noticed something. And he managed to get me like a little work experience up at Glen Eagles when I was about 15 years old. And by that time, it was like it was picking up momentum. I was obsessed with, you know, going to work. That's all I wanted to do was go to work. And, you know, you got to remember, like, you know, I'm 45 now. So back then, when I was 13, 14, it wasn't rock and roll. It wasn't cool to be a chef. And when I went to my mum and dad and said, I want to leave school at 16 and I want to become a chef, that was a big moment. And I have to take my hat off to my to my parents, you know, like, you know, with going with my uh, my dream, my, my ambitions to leave school at 16, no qualifications really, and to go. And the deal was, the deal was that, if I left school at 16, I had to go to Perth College for at least a year to do hotel management, okay? And um, that's what I did. That's what I did. I went to Perth College. I did my year, uh, but nothing was going to stop me. I was going to Glen Eagles. I was going to be an apprentice chef at Glen Eagles, and that's exactly what I did. It's,
0: it's quite funny because the amount of people that you talk to um... – and. You know, school wasn't for them. You know, they just uh-huh. wanted to get out. You know, for me, for me, I remember I said to my mum, "I wanted a weight bench," uh-huh. and she says, "I'm not buying you a weight. I'm not buying you a weight bench. You need to go and get a job." So I went and got two jobs part time working on a farm, uh, three jobs delivering papers, and I worked on a milk float before school.
1: Uh-huh. You know,
0: I I was I I got the hunger for making money then. You know, it mm-hmm. was like the funny thing was I didn't buy a weight bench until about four years ago after, <laughs> after all that. But but school wasn't for me, and and but you said something there it was like obsession, and I think obsessions quite quite crucial, especially for someone like yourself who's mm-hmm. become the figure that they are because you have to become obsessed.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, and, and, and obsession. Um, you know, just I don't know. Like you have this like hunger in your body. You see it in young people. You see it yourself when you meet people, young people. There's nothing more rewarding than seeing someone. And you can see they've got that glint in the eye. They've got that determination, that motivation in any walk of life, whether it's sport, whether it's our industry, whether it's whatever. It's such a rewarding thing to take a young person and just take them under your mantle and let and help them progress and give them the tools. But at the end of the day, it's up to the individual. you know? But if you're working hard and you've got the right attitude, doors will open for you. And that's what I really try to get across to the next generation.
0: Yeah, I think you you really hit the nail there because like I, I I've always said that the doors the doors are cracked open but you've got to boot them wide open. You know, it, people will help you so far but then it's a, a, after that it's up to you. You you've got to go and and, and make it happen.
1: Absolutely. So, I agree with
0: that. So so you obviously done college and then you went to Glen Eagles. How long were you there for?
1: I was at Glen Eagles for just under 2 years I think. Um and that was an incredible experience. You've got to imagine that, you know, young laddie, you know, going to Glen Eagles in the staff accommodation. I mean, it was a big, big kitchen. It's not the same kitchen that you go to now. There was like 70 chefs in the main kitchen. You know, there was like there was like 12 in the larder, you know, like and um it was intimidating. It was intimidating, it was tough, but um it was fantastic experience. I met some great people. Um, My great friend, Dominic Jack, who my business partner now, you know, we were young commies together at the time. We're still best of mates now, you know, so there's a lot of friendships. There's a lot of other friendships that we made there as well. Big moments. Um, But I did my time and got around the sections and that was important. You know, like you got to the larder section, you wanted to get to the veg section. You got to the veg section, you, you were desperate to get to the fish section. And if you got to the fish, then the Holy Grail was getting to the sauce section, you know, cooking the meat. You know, so it was all it was all stepping stones. Um, but the thing was, we were in that moment, you know, and I remember Dom and I, we'd be there, and it was like at the time, you know, so many chefs will relate to this as well, was white heat, Marco Pierre White, white heat coming out of the book, you know, and we're just like, wow, what is going on in <laughs> London? You know, like, this is mad. This is crazy, white heat. And you start to put together... The tree of gastronomy, you know, La Gavroche, and then, then the waterside, and then La Tonclair, then La Manoir Cat Saison, and then, you know, Gordon Ramsay, White Heat. All these things were happening in London, and we were like, wow, and that was it. You know, we were, we were, we wanted to go. So, when um, Dom went to work with a chef called Michel Perrault, who was from the waterside, Inn, and I managed to get a job with uh, Pierre Kaufman in London at restaurant La Tonkla.
0: And, and Pierre Kaufman, he he was a great uh, mentor for you early on, wasn't he?
1: Pierre Kaufman is. Uh, if we're talking mentors, he's the one. He's the one that guided me. He's the one that pushed me. He's the one that he formed me as a, a, a from boy to man kind of thing. You know, he he was the one that really took me to the next level. Yeah, but yeah i tell you what you know when i went there as a young lad uh, i was a i was a fish out of water i tell you you know like i was so out of my depth you know like it was just it was, every day was about survival every day we we laddie just phoning his mom saying oh I, I think i'll come home at the end of the month you know like you know that was it I was <laughs> done. Um, because london is a great city you know it's like all big cities they're amazing but if you're not earning any money and you're, you know, you're you're getting pushed every day, they're very lonely places. You know, they're very lonely places.
0: Yeah, that, I think that's that's the thing as well, isn't it? You know, because like money's not great. You know, and you, you work hard for for it's, it's more a reward than it is for the money, really. You know, and yeah. I think that's where that's where the cream rises. I think as well because people the obsession comes in. You know, they they want it for different reasons. I think if you chase money, sometimes you fall short because the goal's the wrong goal. Mm-hmm. And do you think Pierre Kaufman, like most mentors, they, they know they're not going to keep you forever. You know, same mm-hmm. as yourself with the chefs you've got, you know, and you want, it's a stepping stone. You want them mm-hmm. to get the better for themselves. And did Pierre, did he help you move forward from from? Believe in
1: him? No, absolutely. No, no, absolutely. You know, but first of all, you know, it wasn't like I went to Pierre Kaufman and he became my mentor. You know, I had to. No, he's still there. I had to. No, Mm -hmm. but even just for I think, if I'm being really honest, even for him to recognize me, it took about a year. You know, like it's like you had to prove yourself. You had to dig deep. You had to become one of the team, and it, it was a very, it was a very, you know it was an incredible restaurant. It was in the heart of Chelsea. It was a three-star Michelin restaurant. You know, it was the thing that blew my mind. I always remember like telling my mates like it's closed on a Saturday, Sunday. I mean, that's unheard of in Scotland, isn't it? Like I'm going to close my restaurant on a Saturday and a Sunday. You know, it's it was incredible, but it was such a prestigious restaurant. And this guy was like, he was so in control of what he was doing. He knew every single inch of the business. He knew exactly what was going on. Um, and he was a master, an absolute master. He had more knowledge in his wee pinky than 95% of the chefs in the UK. You know, like he controlled, he, his taste was amazing, his knowledge, his butchery, his skills. The things he could do with the food, the, the, the flavours he could extract were unbelievable. So it took a really long time to to get his confidence and there's little things like a little squeeze on the shoulder or you know like he'd be cooking rabbit legs for staff and he would give you one and that was like oh my god he just gave me a rabbit leg you know like I think he likes me you know like you know that kind of you know just wee things wee things yeah
0: that's important though isn't it because it's kind of as you show it it's it shows you again it's not the money thing is it you know you you you're wanting to cut your teeth with someone that you respect but you're wanting you're wanting the acknowledgement back from them you know yeah. to grow yeah so so where did where did you, where did you move on when you left uh Pierre? Is that when you went across to France
1: yeah so from there we went to I went to uh to Paris and I went to a restaurant called Guy Savoy, which is on a street called Rue Triomphe which is just behind the the, the Arc de Triomphe again very iconic French chef, three-star Michelin. Um, and there was a big thing about, you know, like, you know, Kaufman was very, like, he he set the, the tone exactly. Like, if you're leaving me, you're not going to go somewhere and become a sous chef. You're going to take two steps back because that's going to help you develop to go three steps forward, if you see what I mean. And mm-hmm. there was a big mm-hmm. burning ambition in myself. You know, by this time I was... You know, my skin was a bit tougher, I was a bit hot you know, I understood what was going on, I started to understand about gastronomy. And the big thing that kept hitting me was like, if I if I wanna be good, I need to go to France. I need to go to France, I need to submerge myself in that culture and do that. So off we went. We went to France. And that again, you know, if you anyone who's put themselves in that situation where you move to another country, move to another culture and you don't speak the language is very is very challenging as well is very challenging as well so um that's what we did um again my friend dominic was there we had the, we had a great time he was working for an amazing chef as well called alan Salaverez. and um you know we were just two young frenchmen yeah, two young two young scotsmen in france <coughs> and uh, becoming frenchmen you know we were just but we fell in love with the culture we fell in love with the food we fell in love with, you know like we'd be invited by families to go and eat in the house and You know, it was just like, it was incredible. You know, they'd have the cheese on the table and you would fight over that bit and the crust of the bread and dad would pour the wine. And it was just like falling in love with food. Do you know what I mean? That was a really big thing. That was what Kaufman started to teach me. Um, And that was the thing that started to make it a little bit different. You were falling in love with a whole idea of what food is, seasonality, eating, and the joy of food, and what it does to bring people together, yeah.
0: I think that's something that's quite evident when you go to France and Paris and that, that, you know, you go into a restaurant, same as in Japan, when I go there, what you find is, you go into restaurants, and all you hear is people speaking. Families are out eating and enjoying the experience. You know, whereas, whereas in the UK, a lot of time you can hear the coffee machine grinding the beans, you know, it's yeah. like, it's a total different environment. But they, <laughs> I totally understand the, the Paris had to be a step for you because it was like you know the gastronomy is kind of Paris was known to be a big hitter. Yeah. How, how how many years did you how many years did you stay in in France for?
1: Well, so the story was like this: we went to Par- I went to Paris. I did a year and a bit with uh, Guy Savoy and I progressed through. First of all, I started to get a foundation of French, okay, and um, mm. you know got got that kind of foundation. Then I went back to London, and um, at that time, Pierre Kaufman was moving from Royal Hospital Road to the Barclay Hotel. So I went back there to help him with the, you know, with the move, and uh, I, I got back into the Tonclair. I stayed, a, stayed a, I don't know, a year and a half or two years longer. But again, this burning ambition. But again, you know, when you're working at the tonclair it's like you're working in France. You know, because everything's in French, the service in French, all the waiters are, waitresses are French, you know, most of the chefs in French, you know, when he calls on the checks, it's in French. Um, so we did the time there, but there was this burning ambition to go back to France again. But by this time, I was like, Callum, I was like, I must have been like 24, 25 years old. You know, I was, I was stronger. I knew what, you know, I was battle ready, if you know what I mean. And... Mm-hmm. I managed to get a job with Alain Ducasse in Hotel de Paris Monte Carlo and that was a big big moment. That was a that was a big moment for me to go and uh, to move to the south of France. Uh I don't know if you've been down that part of the world but you know mm-hmm. as a, again as a young Scotsman arriving at Nice airport and getting the bus along the Cote d'Azur into into Monaco it was just like wow what is this this is crazy. But Alan Ducasse, Monte Carlo is for me is the epitome of gastronomy. This is, this is where, this is where dreams come true. This is like, it does not get better than this. It was unbelievable. So to be a, to be the the only English speaking Scotsman, you know, the only person in there was a couple of Italians, a Swiss boy, everyone else is French, 25 chefs to do 50 covers. You know, everything was what we call a la minute. So like, When the check came on order, you took the artichoke and you started to peel it to order. You know, it was an incredible, credible gastronomic lesson. Um, But you had to, you know, if I'd gone to Alan Ducasse when I was 18, I would never have survived. You know, so I went there when I was at an age where I was ready. And that's another big thing that I always think about now with my wiser-headed, with these young people. You know, they come to me and they say, oh, chef, I'm going to leave after this amount of time. I say, that's fine. If you want to leave now, you go. But I don't think the timing is quite right, you know, because you've not done this, you've not done that. So when, you know, it is a little bit about, it's like a footballer picking their, the moves, you know, when do I leave that club to go to that club? You know, that kind of thing. When do I leave Aberdeen? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Like Calvin Ramsey.
1: I, that's another subject. We're not getting yeah. into that. <laughs> yeah, so... That that was like the pinnacle
0: for you really... Probably, did this help you believe in yourself more as well, going to Alan D'Cassie? Did it kind of... Like you said, if you'd gone there earlier, that they probably you'd have broke you, wouldn't it? You wouldn't have survived. But you've gone there when the time was ready. Do you think that was just like the icing ready for you to step off and, and be on yeah. your own?
1: No, this it was definitely like... Uh, it was... It was it was a big moment. It was like, in a way, it was like a finishing school because the finesse was unbelievable. The attention to detail was, with all due respect to Kaufman and Guy Savoy, it was a different kind of finesse and attention to detail. The flavours of Kaufman will always be the flavours that are the truest to my heart. But the, the, the attention to detail there at Ducasse was unbelievable. And, the, you know, but what you do as well is like, and it's only human nature, you start to take everything from everyone that you work with you 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 Mm -hmm. you take ideas from them and then as you you start to mold all the different ideas together from all the different chefs that you work with and then you bring in your own ideas that's that's how magic starts to happen you know and and even now i think about cast dishes i think about guiseau dishes we think about Kaufman dishes we think about dishes that we do here in the restaurant with chef lachlan you know and we're always thinking about different things you know
0: You actually said something similar to me um, when I first came down and met you at the kitchen after I got that um, monkfish livers delivered to you when you were doing some dish. And um, I remember coming in and I sat down at the table and you have your map. And I opened the map and it was a week before Fish and Chip Shop at the year final and I opened it and I was all about provenance. And this map was the epitome on provenance. Uh-huh. And you came and sat down with me and I said ah, I'll, I need to steal this and copy this idea for giving to the judges. And you said to me then this isn't stealing. This is what you do. You know, you go to different restaurants and you pick bits of it and it might not be today but later on you'll think I could take that idea and tra- transform it into my own, Absolutely. you know. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I think that's what people have got to realize, you know, it's that's how that's how you move forward, that's how you, you you get drive, you can't have all these magic moments yourself, you know you've got to be inspired by other people you yeah, know, and it,
1: yeah, this is... Inspiration, inspiration is everywhere isn't it, you know like you know like, you know the razor clams dish that we did, you know that we have here at the restaurant which is famous and mm-hmm. we, we, we've we done, I remember just going to the, the, shore, the shore pub around the corner and having razor clams and then you're like subconsciously you're thinking about this for days and like I'm going to do a dish with that. I'm going to do that. Or it could be you go to, um, you know, your grandmother's house and she does something that really inspires you, you know. So everything about food is about memories, inspiration, ideas. But when you travel, when you put yourself out there, when you, you visit different things, you eat in different places, you visit different countries, you get inspired. It's human nature. And I think you can see that in people and, you know people who do travel do move do do visit you know like you can see that there's a different vibe to it
0: yeah so so is this when you came back and opened the kitchen was it
1: no actually um i did something a little bit crazy after after ducas i went to work for uh lord and lady bamford who owned jcb diggers and it was a little bit off the cuff i uh I decided to do something else. And I think it was actually one of the best moves I ever did. Um, Mm -hmm. I was working for a private family and I was, my whole life had been Michelin and, you know, like, you know, working like that. Suddenly I was dropped into this environment where, yes, we do amazing fancy food, but then someone would say to me, can I have an omelette Arnold Bennett, please? I was like, a what? An omelette Arnold Bennett, you know, like, shit you know like getting the cookbooks and, you know like because i'd never done that i'd just been in france you know learning how to you know turn artichokes and you know do all sorts of fancy stuff and then you know that was really it really started to hit home to me the the essence of simplicity here you have a very wealthy family who love food who travel the world you travel with them you're doing food wherever. and the big thing that came back to me was simplicity you know like the more you complicate it, the more people don't want, you know, it's like just a special occasion. And I think that, you know, if you look at Kaufman's food, the simplicity of it, you know, you cannot over, you know, chefs, we like to overcomplicate sometimes. And, you know, I've been guilty of it many times or overcomplicating, putting too many things on the dish, but simplicity for me is really the key. And when you, when simplicity means, also, they're about buying simply the best produce that you can buy. And that has always been my philosophy. That doesn't mean the most expensive. It just means yeah. the best, the best. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the wild mushrooms, whether it's the mackerel, whether it's the, the wild turbot, whether it's the first grouse, whatever it is, trying to buy the best. And, you know, you talk about the map earlier. You know, when we started, uh, you know, it just, it just started to take off, Callum. I always remember the early days, you know doing the pig said and then the langoustine and then doing some cooking demos and things starting to get bigger, got the star really early. And then you start meeting people and then people start bringing their products to you and it grows and grows. And then you have this infrastructure of suppliers and then understanding the, the world. You're close to fishermen and all these kind of, you know, trying to understand the fisherman's world, trying to understand the you know, the hunter's world, you know, if it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy, but it's very beautiful.
0: I think that's quite important that you, you need to understand all these people, though. You know, I think, you know, one of the things i had done with my fish supplier, you know, I, I'd be phoning him and saying, look, I want, I, want, I want the fish cut slightly different. And he'd be like, why? And I'd be saying, look, because when I cook it, this is what happens. So what I'd done was I said, right, I'll come and spend a day with you and then you can come and spend a day with me. So you'll see the problems that it means to me, and I'll see why you don't understand it. You know, so we've both got an understanding in each other's business, and mm-hmm. it was one of the best. One of the best things I've done, because Absolutely. we 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 could have been battling, or actually, no, I could have left them over something that mm-hmm. could have been sorted so easily. You know, and I've had that relationship now for sixteen years. You know, and and I've got no reason to move anybody else because uh, they've never let me down. We understand each other's businesses, and we respect each other's businesses. You know.
1: Yeah, and those petty things that you you do when you're young and you you think someone oh why is the fish bad today and that and you throw your toys at the pram and that kind of stuff. yeah. Again, it just comes with maturity and understanding. Sit down, conversation. Listen, this isn't working here. You know what can mm-hmm. we do to understand each other's world better? You know, and and it's just positive that sense but understanding each other's world is really important and i always remember like you know people always like having a go at suppliers all the time having a go that's no good that's no good how many times did they say do you know what that is sensational and i think that's quite what's quite nice about the modern world is you can you can share something now on instagram on a on a story you know incredible produce from so and so congratulations you know that kind of stuff, you know. So it is very positive now, in the, in that
0: sense. Yeah, I try and encourage my chefs that you know, if the fishes come in and it's it's absolutely beautiful, send them a message and tell them because at the end of the day, that's as yeah. important as anything. You know, you've got to kind of absolutely you can't just you can't just message them when you when you've got a problem. You know,
1: exactly.
0: So so you opened the kitchen in Edinburgh yep. Leith. What was that? Two thousand and six. Two thousand and six. Yeah. And gained your first Michelin star.
1: what, next year? Six months later, I think was it. Six months, yeah. Six months. Six Bloody months. Ellis. We opened. I think. I think we opened in June, and then the the Michelin the Michelin guide came out in January. So it was, uh, yeah, it was incredibly fast. It was, you know, it seems an awful long time ago now. It's sixteen years. Sixteen years. We've retained the star. Um, we've not won the other one, but you know that doesn't matter. Um, but you know, it's been, it's been an incredible journey and like, I always, I'm very grateful to Michelin. I really mean that from the bottom of my heart because they believed in us so early on, we were a very young, raw couple starting a business, you know what it's like, you know, you can be the greatest chef in the world, but actually when you have the pressures of business on your shoulders, and you have to develop and grow. It's not for everyone. It's not for everyone in that sense, you know, but they believed in us and that helped us get on the map. That helped us, you know, get people into the restaurant that allowed us to grow as a company, you know, and uh, because we started so humbly, honestly, we had our savings, we had mum and dad's savings, we had granddad's savings, and we had a 70 grand overdraft from the bank. That was it. We had a secondhand stove, we had all the pots and pans from Pierre Kaufman's restaurant that had been in a warehouse for years after he closed the restaurant. We had 20 bottles of wine on the list and we started. But that was the best thing. That was the best way we could have done it. Do you know what I mean? If we'd done it with huge investment and, you know, big debt and and pressure, we would never have been allowed to grow into it naturally and organically. You know, we would always have been chasing our trails. So we were really lucky that we started like that and and it managed to grow uh, in a successful way
0: think if you had gone in with massive investors and like you no know, debt over your head it changes the way you work a bit as well i think you when you know you've got to pay when you know you've got to pay that money back you've got to turn it over you want a new stove in your kitchen the only way you're getting that new stove is if you actually make some profit you know it's not a case Absolutely. of looking on the door and saying give me give me a new stove please you know it,
1: exactly the desire, and then everything everything sorry to cut you off everything becomes special you know when you redo the toilet you know, you're like, yes, we've done the toilets, you know, like when you buy new pots and pans or new cutlery or, you know, and that should be the journey. That should be the journey, you know, you know, taking it humbly and naturally and then growing into the shoes. I think that's really important for anyone who's thinking about starting their business.
0: So when you got your your first Michelin star, how old were you? Was it 29?
1: I think it was 28. 28? Twenty-nine. Uh, no I, I can't remember. Young, uh,
0: youngest young youngest chef in Scotland to get a Michelin star?
1: Yeah, I'm sure someone's beaten it now, but I think at the time that was certainly uh what and, it was. And and that
0: that must have felt pretty special to feel like you left school at sixteen with this hunger and to come yeah. back to, to your to your, your own environment with this it was some achievement,
1: eh? it, it was Calum, absolutely. I mean, if I'm really honest with you uh i'm you know me i 'm the type of person, and my wife 's always on at me as well. It was like right what 's next you know like I was like i did i never I never really celebrated the moment you know like it must have been the 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 youthfulness the rawness the um, the ambition in me at the time, you know which is still burning, but it was a different type of uh, a different moment in my life, you know so it was amazing, but I was like there, bang, straight first. First thing, next morning, right? Let's go. You know that was the mentality. Um, and whether that's right or not, but I've always Kaufman going back to the values that he put into to myself, and, and Michaela's is exactly the same. Is you're like it's like that old expression: "You're only as good as your last meal." You know. Yeah. And in this industry, you you never know. You know, you always you you close the restaurant, you you and you open up the next day, and you don't know who's coming through the door. You do not know who's coming through the door, no. and uh, that's what gives you that kind of adrenaline and desire constantly to to, to become mm-hmm. better.
0: And your wife, Michaela, she her background she she worked in um, she worked in Dubai, I think, did she? And she was in the UK. I can't, off the type of my head I can't remember where it was. She, she yeah, no, she, Michaela.
1: Sorry. No, go on. Yeah, Michaela, she moved to the UK to go to the University of Surrey um, to do a degree in, in, in hospitality. Then she went to the Savoy. She worked in the Savoy and went did the whole training program in the Savoy, doing all the different hotels within the Savoy group. And then she went to Dubai in Burj Al Arab. Yeah, so incredible training as well.
0: One of the, one of the things that I, I love about your restaurants is... She's heavily influencing the the decor. It's got it's, it's a very kind of Scottish but a Nordic kind of Scandinavian feel, you know. And I, I think they both complement yeah. each other, you know. And it, it really, it I think it's a, a great feel for 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 what your restaurants and businesses are.
1: No, that, that's It's be- really beautifully said the way that you say that because um, the, in my mind there is absolutely no doubt that we be where we are today without the, the vision of Michaela, you know, the vision mm-hmm. of Michaela to create this this atmosphere where people come in, where they come through the front door and they, they, they leave the troubles of the world, but also a restaurant that's not stuffy, that's not intimidating, but it's just comfortable, it's the kind of place that you want to go with your friends, with your partner, with your family, and whether it's the kitchen, the Scranas Galley, Bonnie Badger, you know, or Cora. Each of them are different, but they have this warmth and, this, yeah. you know, where you you can really enjoy. And mm-hmm. that is like, this is, you know, I'm her biggest fan in that. You know, we we would not have had the uh, success we had without that. But, of course, we'll, I'm sure we'll come on to it. Everything about business is about teamwork.
0: Yeah, that, like that's kind of where I was leading is like family life. You know, it's... As I said at the start, you know, for me that's been my biggest pitfall. You know, business. I can run a business, I can I can help anyone, but I could never help myself. But you need yeah. you need a solid background, you need a solid backing in the family. You know, I know I know your parents have been good to you. But your wife is, you know, she's not just there for you, she's part of it, you know, and I think she's part that, of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's really evident, you know, and what what I love to see as well on your social media is your kids have been coming in and they've been they've been, they've been peeing uh, the pods, and, and and it's and it's great watching. Do you think? Do you think any of them will follow in your footsteps?
1: Ah, <sighs> oh, God, who knows? I I couldn't answer that truthfully. Um, I, I would imagine, you know, when, you know, they grow and life life takes its turns that it does. them that you know, there there will be some interest in that sense. But there's no pressure. There's no pressure. But You know, I would hope so in some way, because Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be one of these people that say, don't become a chef, don't come into hospitality. Because it is the most, if you find the passion, if you find the passion, then you can have the most wonderful career and life in this industry. But if you don't, if you don't have the passion, it can be a very daunting and heavy burden on your life, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's got to be a love for it. I, I find as well, as a lot of the people, like I've said to all my kids, you know, I'd love it if they wanted to come in, on board. But I've said I would rather they went away and done something else first, you know, because and yeah, exactly. then they come, yeah. rather than feeling like you're just coming to work for dad and it become a hobby, it's got to be, you've got to come into it like you would any other job, yeah. you know?
1: And you've got to earn it as well. You've got to earn it. I mean, there's so many stories, you know, you hear, uh, you know, big iconic French restaurants where this. The son or the door comes in to take it and the chef gives back the michelin stars and you know all these kind of things you know there's so many you know family businesses are are are, are amazing but they would also be very challenging Yeah. because you you like for example myself and the are the ones who have created this but you know to pass that on to someone else with a different vision i can imagine that's very difficult but we're nowhere near that stage just now uh, no, nah, you know, a bit all of my way. boys are going and, to be footballers. You know, so <laughs> that's that's the only dream they've that's the only dream they've got just now. So let them live that dream.
0: And how did you find um, having a family, the challenges of that, and running the business? You know that, especially when you had the twins, because that, that that's a different league, isn't it? You know, it's
1: <laughs> aye. That was that was a challenging. Well, I, it's hard. You know, like now we're. I always remember the early days we had, uh, when Casper was born in 2008, you know, it was like, it was, it was so crazy, man. You know, like Michaela was, I remember, you know, the the day she gave birth, she was like doing the wages on the side, you know, like in the (laughs) hospital because... That, we didn't we were so raw, we were so raw that we just you know I can't do the wages, I don't know what to do, you know like you know like I'm sorry, Michaela, but I know you've just had a baby, but anyway <laughs> um you know, and I know that sounds terrible, but that is just the way it was um i remember I remember like Michaela answering the phone and at the same time rocking the maxi cozy with her foot to try and put casper to sleep. I remember um. Uh, you know like one of those kind of like you know like the kids had croup and like rushing to the hospital with the the kids having croup and then me being me like right I've got to go now and then rushing back to the restaurant and then it was like the Michelin were in and it was just like there was so many crazy moments you know that you know I I know a lot of chefs can relate to relate to or restaurateurs you know that you're not it was just it was insanity it was insanity and you know even now is absolute insanity sometimes but it it works you know it's a, it's a lifestyle it's a passion but i give it i give as much to the kids as i do to the to the businesses but that takes up a, you know the day is long and it's pretty fanatic yeah so
0: what, what what does your, your do you have a morning routine that you do before you come to work? Is there anything specific? Do you go running or?
1: Yeah, um, so we do the kids in the morning. We do that together, Michaela and I. You know, that's a that's your first battle of the day is getting four kids, four boys out of the house. You know, have you got this? Have you got that? Oh, you know, so that's the first battle. But I am I'm pretty fanatical about the gym. Gym is the big thing for me. That gives me a real sense of focus in my life. Um, I'm probably four or five times a week uh, doing my exercise, you know, Monday to Friday. Um, it, it's, it's something that I think if I could say to anyone who's real, anyone in life, really, if you don't have a routine like this in your life, it's not for me to say, but it's something that really helps me. It helps me refocus. It helps me forget. It helps me feel much better. You know, it helps me take on the day. A lot of people will say, um, I don't have time for that in my life. I think you do, because if I can find time to do the gym, you can find time to do the gym. It's about just making that time. And, you know, if, if I could give any advice to anyone, you know, who's struggling or having pressures, just try and step back a little bit. Try and do some exercise, even if it's just walking, whether it's swimming, whether it is whatever, go Cold water swimming, you know, like mm-hmm. find something like that that releases all those endorphins and helps you mentally. And, you know, I think that's a really positive thing.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I that's, That was a big turning point for me. Uh, five years ago, I started doing fitness. I was doing nothing. I was just living like a pirate. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I started doing uh, gym work and phew, it was like actually time to switch off as well, you know, without having to think about anything else that was yep. going on in your life. And it's, it's come a big part yep. for me now. You know, I've got an ice bath in the garden. I get up every morning and throw myself into that. You know, this morning, I didn't want to go in it. It was like horrible outside. But you know what? Ten minutes later, you feel magic for it. You know, it's like... Just Absolutely. That, that, Absolutely. That, little, that little moment.
1: But it's, it's not, you know, like, I always feel the conscious that people think, like, you know, if you have got that in your life, you're kind of preaching. But it's it's just little steps you know like wh- whether it is just going for that walk or you know going for a swim or like you say in an ice bath or something you know cold shower you know yeah. little steps like that they can really help you mentally I think yeah and help you deal with the day because there's always these problems but the problems are never actually as big as you think they are yeah and when you can actually step away from it you come back to the problems you learn to deal with them and uh, that, that's much that's very healthy yeah and
0: how do you manage to divide your time between all your restaurants and hotels? Because it's, it's a fair spread. And even, even though they're in like fairly close proximity, it takes a bit of time to get between them as well anyway. But how, how how do you manage that?
1: Well, first of all, you know, I'm only one person. Um, I can, I'm pretty, you know, I can do a lot in a day, but you know, I can't manage them all. So, I, I generally, I'm always back for service at the kitchen, okay. Um, but then after that, you know, the the secret to our the secret to our business is that we have we have some great people who have been with us for an awfully long time. We have we have Michaela, we have Philippe, we have Dominic now, we have Peter, the MD, um, we have Matteo. You know, people who live and breathe the philosophy of what we do. You know, so helping you know having people to go around and support and do all these things. But you have to be you have to be hands-on. You have to be constantly um, approachable. You have to be able to, you know, answer the WhatsApp group quickly, I, I, you know, answer the problems, come up with ideas, you know, on the phone, this, that. You have to be always available for the team. And that is something that we pride ourselves on. You know, we're we're always there. We take the call 24-7. We're here to help. You know, there's always problems. And generally speaking, uh, it works in a crazy way. We don't get it right all the time. But... Um, we're very proud of what we've created. We're very proud of uh, the levels we've got to. We don't get it right all the time. But, um, and, you know, we're really big on, you know, getting people to progress and have a career in the company, you know. So if they've come through and they're starting to grow, you know, that, that is really helpful.
0: And what about... Um... The Bonnie Badger. So I, I've been down, and stayed there. I thought it was fantastic, and you can tell your your wife's influence in there, you know. But it really, it really works, and it's it's such a fantastic yeah. place. So you can take it because of the golfers, because it's such a golfing area. But the beach area just behind it and stuff. It is, it oh, is it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's stunning. With one of the best breakfasts going. What What made you decide to venture into this area? Because this is a total different area, really.
1: Yeah, it's a different area. But if you think about it, Michaela's background is hotels. So Mm -hmm. we had that little card up our sleeve, um, hotels and creating. It was, Gullen has always been a place that we visited as a family. You know, we used to go, it was the perfect Sunday trip with the family. You know, put everyone in the car, dogs, go to Gullen, walk the beach. And then it was like, when this came up on the market, it was just like, It was just like the whole, everything was drawing us towards it. You know, it was like, oh, no. But we, (laughs) you know, when you know, you can feel it, you're like, oh, shit. Like, this is, this is, this is the one, isn't it? You know, this is the one. And... Are you there? So, you know, we we put all our eggs in one basket and we, we went for the body. We went for the golfing, as it was called then. And it's been an incredible journey. It's not been easy. It's been uh, up and down, and uh, it's it's hard. But I feel that we have created something now very special. Um, it's challenging. It's 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 a real monster. We have the garden in the summer. We have the afternoon tea. We have private dining. We have the pub food. Now we have the restaurant food. Breakfast. You know, it's like whoa. You know, like so. You know, it is hard. It is hard, but um, it's very rewarding.
0: I was doing earlier on in the year I'd done um, with my wife We'd done the John your way We biked it Mm -hmm.
1: And
0: we decided Because obviously we've got to pass through Your neighbourhood And we thought right We'll stop (laughs) stop in there for lunch So I'd I'd messaged them And asked them to put us outside We sat outside We'd done two bottles of wine And we'd done like a seafood platter And then we were like (laughs) I don't want want to get back on the bike now You know it was like It was the biggest mistake Uh i ever made Really yeah, so, yeah. So, out of out of like out of your mentors and your idol, who who's the kind of three biggest inspirations you've had in your career? Would that be the people from early on, or other people that inspire you now?
1: Um, no, I think inspirations. There's so many. There's so many people that have helped along the way. So many people that um, have guided me. Um, uh, inspirations, well, without doubt, like we talked about, Michaela. Michaela has been, uh, she's been a rock. She's been a visionary. Ooh. She's, uh, she's driven this business forward, and everyone knows that she's, she's the boss here. You know, like she, she's the one. She pops in. She sees that. She sees that. After that, I have to really say, uh, my dad as well. You know, he's been incredibly. He's been a rock. He's helped us grow the business and develop. And these are, these are. These people, Mikhail and my dad, and lots of other people along the way—they've—they've they've helped take the business forward, but also allowed me to cook, and that's been really important. You know, I've not been dragged uh, away from the stoves; I've been allowed to grow and develop. You know, and that's really important that I was in the kitchen and still am. After that, Pierre Kaufman, absolutely, Pierre Kaufman. Still today, he's my mentor. He's my—he's my father figure. He's someone that um, really just put together the, the mindset of becoming a chef, a top chef, yeah, mm-hmm. without that.
0: And what what challenges do you think you're facing at the moment um, within the business?
1: Well, I'm facing the same challenges as everyone else, Callum, you know, it's been a very challenging uh, period in our lives, it's, uh, it's a very challenging period for everyone in the industry, we've gone from one, you know, we've gone through so many different battles and um, and I, I keep saying to the guys, it's so important that we keep the fight going, you know, because what really hit me, hit home with me in the crisis and the, the COVID crisis there, and when we stopped and we couldn't operate, how many different parts of life, hospitality uh, involved, you know, with the restaurants not working or, you know, hotels or anyone in the industry, you know, taxi drivers, florists, all the incredible suppliers that we have, you know, relying on us, is, I mean, so... You know, we're here, we're here, it's about survival, it's about keeping people's jobs, it's about providing, it's about just getting through these difficult moments. But we will, and we will come through better, stronger, and uh, and hopefully good days will come ahead, you know, but it's it's really important we go. And it's a bit like, you know, our restaurant Cora, you know, when we reopened it, it was four days a week. I don't want to have a restaurant that's four days a week. Yeah. I want to have a restaurant like Cora that's seven days a week. I don't mind if the staff want to work four days a week. That's absolutely fine. But I feel that we have, a, we have to keep the fight going. You know, it's important that we are operating seven days a week and our suppliers are then operating seven days a week. You know, wine merchants, all the different people that support that. So the fight is going on. We're back to seven days a week now. And uh, for me, that's, a, that's, like a, that's like an achievement. You know, there's, there's been so many achievements over the years, but these things are achievement. Surviving this has been an achievement. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and what, what do you
0: think is been I'm a great believer in you've got to you've got to make mistakes in life to be able to grow so because um, you learn from them. What what do you think your biggest lesson's been in life? Um, that you think it was it was a hard hard time at the time, but actually it was beneficial to you as now?
1: you know i've been uh, you know resilience is an incredibly important thing in life you know like if you haven't been through tough times you, you you won't build up resilience my whole life has been about resilience going up and down up and down having to fight the the secret to success is not a straight is not a straight line it's very jiggly wobbly you know um you know this is really really important um you know opening a business you know you're very influenced by your mentors and then trying to become a, a manager, trying to manage people, you know, it takes a long time to grow into that role. It doesn't like, you know, when you promote someone to sous-chef or to manager, they don't just automatically have the tools to manage people and to work with that. So, yeah, that's been a big uh, big learning curve in my life. And then, absolutely, we've made mistakes along the way, but we've become better people. We've become... Uh, Passionate, but we never lose the passion. We never lose the passion, the will, the, the desire. And, you know, a, a restaurant like The Kitchen, it's not for everyone. I understand mm. that. I understand that. It's a very high-performance kitchen. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's it's full on every single day. But people know why they're here. They're here to learn, uh, yeah. you know, the, the, the true skills. The true skills, and hopefully they can go on and go to a better restaurant than us and become a better chef. But it's my job to give them the tools, and myself and Chef Lackland and everyone here, um, to, to, to give them the tools to go on. Okay, and we try to do it in exactly the the correct way. Um and that's really important to us.
0: And how, how do you think Chef life's changed from when you started to, to now for like new people coming into the industry, you know, 'cause it
1: has changed dramatically, hasn't it? It's changed it's changed massively. It's changed um it's unbelievable there's no compa- there's no you can't compare what it was like as a young chef myself and the, what it's like for a young chef today mm. and that's good okay yeah i mean you're, you're you're going into territory here but i think um without a doubt it's improved for the better um and without a doubt i think somewhere in the middle would be would be nice you know because yeah. um I think in any walk of life, you know, it's gone from one extreme to the other. Somewhere in the middle. You know, we have to be able to, to push young people. We have to be able to push them to get the best out of them. But it has to be done in the correct way. And I understand that, okay? I understand that 100%. And it has always been with the best intentions like that. Um, but, you know, today is a, is a completely different world. But at the same time, we need to teach people the correct and proper way of working. And philosophy of life, and that is really important. And young people who want to work hard, I love that. Yeah. I love that because that is something that we talked about it earlier. When you work hard and you you have a great attitude and a can-do attitude, you can succeed, and doors will open. So i I
0: believe that things can happen. Well, I think I believe things happen for a reason, anyway. But I I, I believe that. Things happen and, you know, you can have, it can be quite influential to you. And actually one of the things for me was a day I was sitting in Ondine and you were sitting there with your wife um, at the bar having lunch. And I, I, I left you alone because I know how precious sometimes that moment is, you know, to get away from work and no one bothering you and just having a bit of time with family. And you came up to me and said, eh, it's good to see you having your in here with Roy. And when I was leaving, you grabbed me and you said to me, well done for what you've done, not just for your industry, but for the hospitality industry. And I walked away from there and I felt so proud. And I thought, you know, to be acknowledged by you was really something something else. But the, 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 way, the way you'd done it really was quite inspirational and it meant so much
1: to me. Is there mm. a moment for you? In your career? So many moments, so many moments, Galen. so many moments where, you know, acts of kindness, acts of recognition have really like hit a note with you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whether it's a young chef saying, thank you for this experience. You've changed my life. Whether it's a three-star Michelin chef coming in and saying, wow, I love what you're doing. Whether mm-hmm. it's the kind words that you're giving me there. It's really important that we, we, we learn to give these words back as we this is really, this is what keeps the world moving. I'm so inspired. I don't care about how many Michelin stars you've got, where you're doing. We're all in the same industry. We're all the same people. It's about being a good person. It's about really, you know, just those moments of saying or, or reaching out when you're in crisis, who reaches out to you? Who reaches out and, and you know, and says, do you know what? I just want to say, these are moments that you don't forget. Do you know what I mean? These are moments that give you that, um, that will to carry on, to keep the fight going, you know? And acts of kindness like that are really, really important. And the thing is, it, it, it doesn't actually take a lot, but it gives so much, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, it's really beautiful. It's really beautiful. And, you know, so, it's even like, I have a young chef in there who's, who's, you know, like fighting every day, struggling, struggling. The other day he did the, uh, he did the potato and the gnocchi and everything. And I pulled him over and I says, listen, young man. And he's like that. Yeah, sure. I was like, that is absolutely fantastic. This is what it's all about. Congratulations. You have taken a humongous step today. <gasps> His wee face was like, you Ooh. know, like, and that is what it's all about. You know, it's just like wee stepping stones, you know, to take you forward, you know, and, um, you know, whether it's from yourself, whether it's Ooh. from, you know, I had Franson in the other day who gave some amazing feedback. You know, whether it's you know giving the feedback to a young chef—that's what it's all about.
0: Definitely. One one of the things that have helped me develop lately, and like I'm dyslexic, so reading has never been something for me. But I've got in audible mm-hmm. books. Um, uh-huh. Can you tell? Can you tell me what three books that you would recommend people uh, to listen to or read? <laughs>
1: yeah. you well, got, I, don't say Jordan. No, no because... <laughs> yeah, Jordan Henderson. Yeah, absolutely. Well. I think I'm really fascinated by people who make it to the top. You know, like like you, I like to listen to things. I really enjoy the high-performance podcast, which talks about, um, you know, getting to the top, what it takes, the, you know, the sacrifice that it takes. And, you know, I love football. I love sport. I, I, I'm always amazed at the the sacrifice that these people make to get to the top of the the, the, the tree. And it's exactly the same in my world with chefs. You know, if you look at, you know, what chefs sacrifice to get to the top, it's it's not easy. It's not easy. And it's that day in, day out. So I think inspiration, audio things are really podcasts for me. That's a yeah. big thing for me. When I'm running, I'm listening to these podcasts. I'm getting motivated. I heard something the other day about, you know, the exciting bit was the climb to the top of the tree. And when you get to the top of the tree, it's like, ah. What do i do now you know so how do you keep it motivated you know you know like you know it's 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 really interesting but then you know cookbooks i'm very influenced by uh alan ducasse uh grand livre de cuisine marco pierre white we talked about uh you know back in the day those kind of things young chefs these are these are books that you should be getting stuck into you know these are really important and,
0: and your own books <laughs> and my own books yeah <laughs> Okay, yeah. Tom, it's, it's been an absolute uh, pleasure and a privilege to have you on here. Thank you. No, um, thank you. Where, where can our listeners find you on social media and stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, they can find me on Instagram, uh, Twitter now and again, but mostly Instagram. Uh, and, yeah, you you know, we're, we're here in Edinburgh. Um, you know, I'm still very hands-on. I'm in the restaurant 99% of the time. And... Um, you know, I really hope that we can welcome them to the restaurant. And I just want to say to you, young man, well done, you, for stepping out your comfort zone here. This is brilliant. And I really hope it helps inspire some people along the way as well. Thank you, sir. Cheers,
0: Tom. Thank you.
1: Cheers. All the best. Ciao.